Dan Mullen is gone. Who will replace him? And we'll take a look at a preview or keys to victory for Florida versus Florida State this Saturday, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday and happy Thanksgiving for those who celebrate. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com. You can find all my written work diving right into this. We're looking at three more potential head coaches this one, oh, going to be a little bit of fun. We're going we're gonna to have a little bit of fun with it. First up, Lincoln Riley, the Oklahoma head coach. He was a former quarterback in college for Texas Tech. He worked his way up from Texas Tech to East Carolina before joining Oklahoma as, he, as the uh, quarterback coach and offensive coordinator before becoming the head coach. And He's done a pretty damn good job. He does a very good job at recruiting quarterbacks specifically. But when you look at the quarterbacks that he can bring to Oklahoma, imagine who he could bring to Florida, especially with the pass catchers that he can bring. Because, of course, we know Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, those risks, they produce a ton of athletic pass catchers. So imagine having those players already in your vicinity for Florida with the star quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley will bring in, whether they're transfers or high school recruits, because Lincoln Riley, of course, has done a great job with transfer quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and Jalen Hurts. And they'll want to play for him, especially in the Southern recruiting ground. Lincoln Riley could also bring Alex Grinch as his defensive coordinator. Alex Grinch is currently his defensive coordinator, and we will also talk about Alex Grinch as a possible Gators head coach on tomorrow's episode. Just a fun thing to look at because, you know, I, I like what he's done. The second candidate is Brian Johnson. That name might sound familiar to you. He's the current Eagles quarterback coach, but you may know him more for being last year's Florida offensive coordinator and quarterback coach under Dan Mullen. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for the Eagles now, of course, and he has found tremendous success this season. Sure, a solid part of it, at least, is from Nick Sirianni, the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. However, Brian Johnson has, without a doubt, played a part in making this offense simple enough and effective enough for Jalen Hurts to run and letting him get going. And don't forget, Brian Johnson was here when we had Kyle Trask lighting the world on fire with Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney and Tyree Cleveland and just this amazing team that we had in 2020. I still think that talent-wise, we might have had a better team in 2021. Just in coaching, while it was generally the same coaching staff, it just won there. And I think Brian Johnson is a long shot to be the next Florida Gators head coach. I would say... It's more likely that he takes an offensive coordinator job here than a head coach job, but I will not rule anything out. And Brian Johnson was a key piece in recruiting players like Emory Jones, Jason Marshall, Xavier Henderson, and others that are currently Florida Gators still. And so if he were to return, we don't have to worry about losing the locker room. He left, he came back to coach these guys. So we would not have to worry about that. And I mean, without a doubt, this team would maintain, and I know a lot of people want to keep an offensive coach. So this team would maintain that offensive-minded coach, that offensive-oriented coach. This team would 
probably run a little bit of a simpler offense because while the offense was generally simple under Dan Mullen, it wasn't as simple as the Philadelphia Eagles offense currently is. It's very simple. It's not super sustainable, but college, they tend to adapt less, so maybe Brian Johnson can get that going. And the final person to talk about is saving the best for last today, Matt Campbell, the Iowa State head coach. You guys know by now I love him. I went to Toledo while Matt Campbell was the head coach at Toledo, so that was amazing. But there are some pros and cons with Matt Campbell. Similar to Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati head coach who I spoke about on yesterday's episode, Matt Campbell's not someone who's recruited the time in the South. Sure, he's gotten guys like Deontay Johnson, who's currently the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's from Florida, or the state of Florida, of course. He went to Toledo under Matt Campbell. But Jason Candle, the current head coach at Toledo, is the one who developed him into the NFL receiver you see today. So Matt Campbell hasn't recruited a ton in the South because, of course, he was from a small school in Ohio, and then he's at a lower-tier Power 5 in Iowa. So wouldn't he's, he doesn't really have that Southern uh, connection here. And also, Matt Campbell is more of a disciplinarian than a coordinator, which means that unlike Brian Johnson, Lincoln Riley, uh, any any other guys that I've spoken about, Matt Campbell is the only one who is not a play caller at all. He's a disciplinarian, not a coordinator. He would likely bring John Heacock on as his defensive coordinator. I, I think that that's why I'm sorry. I think that's what would happen for the very simple reason that I think Tom Manning, the current offensive coordinator at Iowa State, would then be promoted to the head coach at Iowa State should Matt Campbell leave because Tom Manning has been there for five years. He took one year off from Iowa State to be a uh, tight ends coach in the NFL, so he has the NFL reputation that he could bring up. So Matt Campbell, I think, is a fantastic hire. He's reportedly the number two candidate if Billy Napier does not become the Florida Gators head coach. So keep an eye on Matt Campbell, of course, because, I mean, I I know I'd go nuts if it were to happen. But I would look at Matt Campbell with John Heacock as his defensive coordinator, which we would I would love to break down that defense because that defense is amazing. But that's who we're looking at for three more potential head coaching candidates for the Florida Gators. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. PrizePix offers every sport you can think of, and I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and they are already incredibly difficult to find. And PrizePix offers all the star players of the Power Five, like Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson, Colin Castleton, Myron Jones, and even mid-major players or lower-level or lower level players like Bryce Mitchell, Brian Kobach, that you might have never heard about. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries. So you can take the over on Colin Castleton blocks, which you should, and the under on Jacob Copeland catches. Why not? In this same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available on all platforms wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are on YouTube. We're going to take some offensive keys to victory for Florida versus Florida State this Saturday. And I think the first one is, it's something I say a lot. Actually, the top two are things I say a lot. Number one, challenge vertically. Florida State this season has struggled against teams that stretch the field vertically against them. That, that's just a matter of fact. It makes for, make Florida State earn their way, earn their stops, earn their takeaways if there are any, but challenge Florida State vertically. Also to note that Emory Jones, 
has been ruled doubtful for this Saturday. He rolled his ankle apparently yesterday, and he came back to practice today. Well, I mean, at this time, he rolled his ankle Tuesday, came back to practice Wednesday. So, I, I mean, he's reportedly going to be active, but not starting against Florida State. So Anthony Richardson is going to be here. He's going to want the challenge vertically. Don't put him in a box. Let him throw the ball deep. Next, wide runs and screens. And I say this not to be like, oh, their D-line's good, their linebackers are good. No. I'm saying wide runs and wide receiver screens because Florida State's defensive backs have struggled when tackling. I hate myself for saying it the way I just said it. So don't worry about that. But Florida State's defensive backs have struggled when trying to make tackles. And I'm talking about tackling receivers, running backs, whether it's after the catch, whether it's just straight up taking a handoff. Florida State's defensive backs have struggled. The effort is certainly there, but the technique, mm -mm, it is not there. Get the ball to your elusive playmakers and let them dominate. Whether you want to say elusive as in they're shifty or they could just run through tackles, I don't care. As Marshawn Lynch said, run through a beep, beep, his face. Um, and just get the ball to whoever you can. Whether it's Jacob Copeland, Damian Pierce, who I, you, if you didn't think I was going to mention him, you're out of your mind. Uh, Naquan Wright, Malik Davis, whoever it may be. Rick Wells, Trent Whittemore, I don't care. Just get the ball to your guys in space and let them, let or make the defensive backs of Florida State make some plays because I promise you, they don't want to make the plays. They just don't. They, they're going to try. But inside, they know they don't want to make the plays. That's why they don't wrap up. That, it's as simple as that. That's why they don't wrap up. They don't throw a shoulder. The effort's there in the sense of they're not just letting you run by them. But they poor technique, poor form, and that's something that you got to work on early or it ain't going to happen. And Florida State, it ain't going to happen. And the final key to victory for the offense, get Anthony Richardson moving. And I mean to get him moving. Florida State has given up multi-rushing touchdown games multiple times this season to opposing teams' quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not talking running backs. I'm talking quarterbacks. They've done it to Malik Cunningham. They've done it with Sam Howell. Or I mean, they've played them both, and Sam Howell had three touchdowns, I believe. Malik Cunningham had two touchdowns, I believe. Uh, Sam Howell had like 10 yards per carry against them or something like that. It was insane. But yeah, Sam Howell and Malik Cunningham have both found success against Florida State as quarterbacks that run the ball. But the run styles are, in fact, different. Sam Howell is more about a little bit of power. Malik Cunningham is more about a little bit of elusiveness. Anthony Richardson, however... <sighs> Anthony Richardson. He is again. I've been I've been saying this for a few days now. Is when I've just started calling him this. He's a more agile Cam Newton. It's a, it's as simple as that. He loves to look to run anyway. Like you know, he's going to look to run the ball once a defender gets near him or once a defender starts pushing the O line. Anthony Richardson. He's going to roll to his right. He's going to try to make a play, whether it's throwing a bomb or running the ball. So. Why not plan to have him run the ball? Run, run I, mm, I'm going to say it. Run split zone read. Run that. Run wide zones, wide op read options, whatever you want to call them. Zone reads, I don't care. Run them wide and let Anthony Richardson get wide to get to these DBs and make them make plays. 
or he hands it off to a running back and you make the and you make the DBs make plays either way. So that that that's really what it is. Anthony Richardson could carve up this defense, throwing the ball, running the ball, handing the ball off. I don't, I don't care how he does it, but this defense, they don't want Florida. It's as simple as that. I get it. It's a rivalry game. They're supposed to be fired up. I don't care about them. I don't care about their feelings. I don't care about none of that. You got to challenge vertically if you're Florida. If you want to win this game, challenge vertically. You have to have wide runs and screens. And I realize that that sounds contradictory. You'd be like, oh, you got to throw deep, but you got to keep it short too. Um, I don't mean challenge vertically every play. I just mean let them know you're a threat. Throw it, throw it once every seven plays. Just take a deep shot. Why not? And I mean seven plays, not seven passes. Once every seven plays, just take a deep shot. For the rest of that, you go wide runs, screens, whatever you want to do. But then you got to make these defensive back makes plays because they ain't going to do it. And then again, final, get Anthony Richardson moving. I don't care what it is. Just get him moving and let him get upfield because this Florida State defense this season has been bad when quarterbacks get moving. They've given up multiple touchdown games. And I think they've given up somewhere like 600 rushing yards to quarterbacks this year. And Anthony Richardson is arguably the best runner of all the quarterbacks they've faced, save maybe Malik Cunningham, just if we're being honest there. Anybody else make money this past weekend? I know I did not. <laughs> bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida losing a ton has thrown a whole lot of wrenches into my plan to make money, but bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D, no space. Oh, and have y'all tried Bill Bar Puffs? Mmm. Mmm. I, I know that I've been throwing around the whole, I watched a lot of games recently and I, and I snack, and that's not, that's not a cap, but Bill Bar Puffs? Oh my God, they're so good. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like this guy right here, that is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and I mean, most importantly, high fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, one five to get 15% off of your next order at builtbar.com. Also, I'm going to say sorry for being on one today, but uh, I am exhausted. So that's what we're doing. Looking at defensive keys to victory. I mean, key one for Florida to be Florida State. Don't blitz. I mentioned this yesterday and I said I was going to elaborate and I told you I would do something and I did it because that's what I do. But Jordan Travis, a Florida State quarterback, um, he does, he does this weird thing when he throws the ball over, when it takes him over two and a half seconds to throw. Um, it, it, it's a weird thing called he sucks when he does it. Uh, Jordan Travis throws the ball in less than two and a half seconds. He's completing 68% of his passes, eight touchdowns, one interception. And he does that about 40% of his passes. When he takes more than two and a half seconds to throw, completing just 58% of his passes, a drop-off of 10%, 
So, yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, six touchdowns, so two less touchdowns, and four interceptions, so three more interceptions. And he does that about 60% of his passes. So it's not like it's not like he's had a ton more opportunities with holding the ball longer. He does some, I mean, not even, but not completely lopsided. So make him read the defense. Make Jordan Travis read the defense. Make Jordan Travis try to make a play because Jordan Travis will make a play for our defense and we will intercept him. It's as simple as that. Like Florida State, Jordan Travis does not want to throw the ball. You got you got to do the next thing that I'm going to talk about to make him throw the ball, but also don't blitz. Let him make his own mistakes. We, like we can get pressure, that's fine. But you don't need to send more than four guys cuz if he if you just let him sit back and he's got to throw into coverage with seven people there, he's going to make a mistake. Just let him make his mistakes. Play bend don't break defense. The next key to victory drive and finish tackles. I'm going to show you this again, Florida defense. Last week, you were pretty good at this, but I'm going to take credit for it. I'm going to say it's because I showed you how to do it. So when you tackle a defense, when you tackle a ball carrier, you got to take your arms and wrap him up. You, you got to wrap him up. So that's what you have to do because against Florida state, you have to drive and finish your tackles. Deshaun Corbin is their primary running back. He is their best running back. Deshaun Corbin Little known fact, um, and by that I mean, I mean you have access to it if you want. It's on Pro Football Focus. But Deshaun Corbin picks up almost five yards per carry after contact every play. He's averaging almost seven yards per carry. He picks up almost five yards per carry after contact every time. He gets almost two yards before contact, and then he picks up another five after contact on average for every touch. So Deshaun Corbin is a monster without a doubt. And that means that, but or actually, by the way, that almost five yards of con- after contact per carry, that's more than every Gator on the roster besides Anthony Richardson and Jacob Copeland. And obviously that's great, but Anthony Richardson and Jacob Copeland have a significantly smaller sample size than any Gator and Deshaun Corbin. So Deshaun Corbin is someone that you cannot mess around with. You need to wrap him up and drive him to the ground because he is going to drag you and he's going to break your arm tackles and he is going to do whatever he wants to. So Deshaun Corbin, you got to stop him, put Florida State in second and long, third and long, and make them throw the ball. Finally, play zone defense. And I know that this one is really easy to say because, well, Florida does that pretty frequently as it is. But specifically because if you play zone defense, there's a few things that happen. And if you don't know, and this one's not me sarcastically saying how to tackle. Uh, if you don't know, if you genuinely don't know this, when you play zone defense, your eyes remain on who's in front of you and on the quarterback. So you can watch what the quarterback is doing. And that's a very important thing because when you play zone defense against a quarterback like Jordan Travis, one, he's going to make mistakes. So you can watch him and see where the ball is going to go and make him and make a play on it. And that's that's wonderful. But there's another thing that you need to watch with Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis is a very good runner of the ball. So if you're playing zone, your eyes are in front of you. Your eyes are watching Jordan Travis as it is. And you can see when he's getting ready to take off, when he's when he is taking off, when he's rolling out, when he's doing whatever. It also helps when they hand the ball off or when they run these zone reads that they run. Because again, uh, Florida State's offense... Not super different from Florida's offense. Mike Norvell runs that wide zone style. If anything, that's the biggest difference. They go more wide zone than Florida. But Florida State, not that different offense, or not that different offensively from what we've seen from Florida 
with Dan Mullen. Not really sure how they'll look this week particularly, but that's a big thing with Florida and Florida State that that's a very good similarity or a very common similarity between the two. So playing zone defense here, which I know cover one is usually the way to beat Florida's defense or beat Florida's offense, but zone defense here is great because Jordan Travis makes a lot of mistakes and they can run the ball and Jordan Travis can run the ball. So keeping him in front of you as a runner, watching him make mistakes, keep your eyes in the backfield, be allowed to make these plays. Fantastic for Florida if we can do that. And again, Florida already does it. Florida is a pretty, pretty, uh, I don't want to say cover three heavy, but they, they call cover three more than the huge majority of coverages. Not that they call anything like 70% of the time, but you get my point. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available daily wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. We will have an episode tomorrow. Don't miss out tomorrow when I'm joined by, well, first of all, we'll look at more coaching candidates again. And I'll be joined by Ian Cummings to talk about Florida Gators in the NFL draft. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with whole9sports.com. That is W-H-O-L-E. NINE Sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.